But the deal is, when it does go up, when you hit a super cycle, then they go up, you know, they could go up 10,000%. Sure. Some of these things. I mean, and right now we're at that point where because of COVID, they didn't build any for the last two years. They didn't order any for the last five, seven years. And, uh, you know, we're at that point where, you know, that super cycle's just beginning. And these are cheap. Nobody's talking about them. Some pay 10% dividends, yeah. you know. I own one that, that pays a pretty good dividend. They, uh, and, yeah, yeah, I bought it on your recommendation. It's done pretty well, at least, yeah. you know, compared to the rest of the market. Uh. All right, everybody, welcome to the Angel Research Podcast. We are here, as usual, today to discuss the market's hottest stock stories and investment opportunities. Today, we have Christian DeHamer joining us. Hello. Cr- Christian is a market analyst with a history of some very impressive predictions over the course of his career. Uh, Chris was telling people to buy Bitcoin back in 2016 before its first major rally. Uh, he called the historic downgrade of the uh, U.S. debt rating in 2011. And more recently, he called the market top in 2021, late 2021, um, within 100 points of the S&P 500's peak, which is pretty impressive. And uh, hopefully, Chris is coming at us today with some more bold and hopefully accurate predictions. Uh, we're going to touch on a few timely topics, so I recommend that everybody stay tuned. Before we let Chris go off, though, uh, nothing that we say here today is personal financial advice. We can give you tools and insights to make great trading decisions, but we cannot trade for you. Also, please like, comment, and subscribe. The engagement really helps the channel out. Christian, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, I want to hit on a bunch of topics today, uh, specifically some things that you have been writing about. Uh, if we were figure we could kind of like hit each one at a time and spend as much time uh, on each topic as you want. I want to start with the aluminum shortage. You uh, recently wrote about uh, kind of a prediction about uh, a rise in aluminum prices. So I was wondering, what are the driving forces here? Well, the driving forces is, well, you have a number of things going on here, but mostly, of course, it's the high prices of, uh, high price of energy. Um, aluminum is very expensive to produce, and it, and, it, and it sucks up a lot of, of, you know, natural gas or oil or whatever they're using. And uh, they've shut down in Europe. Like, so all these aluminum manufacturing companies, and aluminum is necessary for, you know, for instance, like the new F, or that's not so new now, but the F-150 is made out of aluminum. They mix it with magnesium, and it builds this really high-strength, um, high-quality aluminum. But... If it, it becomes, at some point, when natural gas increases too much, it becomes untenable to make a profit at it. And so they're closing plants. And then uh, this happened a couple months ago. Um, on a similar note, BASF, uh, the big materials maker, uh, said they're leaving Europe for good just yesterday or today, which I, you know. So you have this really, uh, the whole premise of Germany as a production powerhouse was predicated on cheap Russian natural gas. And if they don't have that, then you have, you know, you start to have a big worry about that going forward. Okay. Uh, So when you were writing about this, the price of aluminum was uh, about a a buck 20 a pound. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any predictions on kind of how high that could possibly rise? And then maybe a rough estimate of maybe when you think it might peak? No. Well, I'm sort of uh, moved on to some other things, but, uh, because uh, the price of natural gas is, get, you know, it did a moonshot and then it's come back down. And then you have uh, the worry about uh, there's a, a used car prices and new car prices are, are, are slumping. Yeah. And so you have this uh, idea that 
at least in certain segments, we'll have a recessionary uh, environment. Okay. If the price of aluminum were to continue going up, how would you invest in that? Would you go for like kind of an ETF? Are there ETFs available that kind of just cover the spot price of aluminum? Uh, or would you be more like inclined to purchase a, are there like maybe some pure play miners? No, well, no. Well, I, w- I would buy these uh, these uh, people that produce uh, magnesium in the US. I just happen to have a couple of uh, small play. First of all, you want to go with the lowest uh, uh, producer or lowest cost producer. And actually there's one in the UAE but it's really hard to buy. But it's a sure. great company. Do and, they trade? Uh, what do they trade on? Like a different exchange? No, nah, they what? trade on the UAE. Okay, exchange. yeah, sure. And so, but they're they're making money like gangbusters because their 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 costs are essentially free from you know all the natural gas coming out of. But um, but yeah, that's I mean that's what I would do. I'd look for American based production of uh, just pretty much anything these days. Okay. Um, Let's move on to the uh, general theme of onshoring and then mm. maybe like specifically in relation to the CHIPS Act. Uh, you, you were writing a little bit about kind of the semiconductor war between uh, the U.S. and China. Um, could you give us a little bit of background on what's going on there? Well, you know, like Nancy Pelosi went to China to stir up these uh, tensions between Taiwan and, and China. And I believe that was, uh, was going to be like a Gulf of Tonkin moment where they could uh, then enact these 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 essentially a tech cold war going on with China. The U.S. is worried about uh, the Chinese, you know, advanced weapons and things like that, and they're nipping that in the bud. And uh, and so and also China, I think uh, President Xi wants to split, um, wants to be less dependent on on the world. And he wants to he cares more about control over his people in a dictator totalitarian sense than it yeah. cares about, you know, commerce or, you know, prosperity or anything like that. And so you're, we're just in this world where we're going to split apart and uh, there's going to and there's you're going to have to choose sides. You're going to be, you know, with the West and America and Europe and, you know, a lot of South America or you're going to be with China and, you know, you know, parts of Africa, India, South America, uh, South Africa, you know things like that what about any specific so you just named a couple of regions that might have some mm. kind of like benefit from like these this onshoring uh trend are there any companies specifically that that oh you know, well, investors sure well at? all the semiconductors got whacked right and so they're down quite a bit um uh, here's the thing china doesn't have the capacity to build high-end semiconductors nor do they have the machines to build high-end semiconductors there's one company in the world it's called asml that is the uh, world's that makes the the lithograph machines. These high tech lithograph machines. They're a Dutch company, and they make so like they're they sell to you know Taiwan Semiconductor, Intel, AMD, all these other companies. And in fact, those companies also have shares in it. So it's this this uh, you know relationship they have, and they produce these high end semiconductors. And, and China's just going to be cut out of that. And it, and it'll have a, an entire wave of, you know, cascading effects. Uh, have they already kind of announced that they're going to cut them off, or is that? Well, yeah, is, is that I mean, they're saying they're saying everybody's packed up and left, yeah. you know, things like that. But like AS, AMSL has fallen from like nine hundred dollars to four hundred dollars. Gotcha. It's getting close to a bot. I mean, but this stock went up two thousand percent in the last ten years. What price would you like it at? 
Oh, well, it's a, well, I'd like it about 300, I think. Yeah. But mostly I'd like to see a bottom pattern. I mean, but yeah, I'd, I'd be a buyer at 300 for sure. All right. You mentioned energy prices earlier. Mm. Uh, you, you think that they're going to continue to go up? Um, yeah, I think they're... I, I think that a lot of people probably don't like to hear that, but, yeah. uh, you know, I guess maybe tell us, like, you know, some reasons why you think that uh, energy prices are going to continue to go up, and then maybe, like, uh, when might we start to see some sort of relief? Well, we haven't even seen the scary stuff yet. So, you, I mean, uh, first of all, you have Russia, and all of Russia's oil. All right, let me go back a step. When the Soviet Union ended, they were making about uh, 10 million barrels a day. And it took them 30 years till just recently, a couple of years ago, before they started producing 10 million barrels a day. It's not easy. You know, they have, you know, permafrost and massive expansion. You know, it's a you know, 6,000 miles to get it to, you know, where it needs to go and things like that. And all of this, all this high tech flows of getting the oil up and running was done by Western companies like Halliburton and Schlumberger and ExxonMobil and all those. And all those guys have left. Yeah. And so it's going to fall off. I mean, it might not fall off in a month or two, but it might take, a, you know, six months or seven months, but it's going to decline. And so they're going from 9 million barrels a day to something else. And uh, on top of that, like uh, China is saying, China for the past six, eight months has been, you know, taking imports from, you know, all over the world, but also from the U.S. of both natural gas and, and oil. And uh, then reselling it on the open market. And uh, they just, Z just said, or the government, the powers of B said that they're not going to do that anymore. They're going to hold it. They're going to, you know, because they're concerned about their own. Gotcha. Government. But that's happening all over the world. You're even hearing that in the U.S. that, like, you know, our exports are at record highs. And so, you know, the Biden administration saying, well, maybe we'll stop that, which, of course, will drive up prices everywhere. Okay, so what has to happen for uh, consumers and I guess the, you know just the rest of the world to see some kind of relief on the the energy front? Well, I mean, honestly, you need uh, you need a you need a clear political will that you believe in oil and gas, and you need the uh, people to invest in oil and gas and spend on capex. And you know, a capex, so you, you go for an expiration, it could take five, ten years before you get oil out of that well, and billions of dollars, and so. If all these governments are saying, you know, there'll be no more oil industry in 10 years and you're, you know, BP or Shell or ExxonMobil, are you going to spend $5 billion, you know, building some complicated offshore well? Sure. Yeah, it's a scary situation for sure. Um, what about on the transport side of things? I, I know that you kind of are, you've written a little bit about uh, the, the shipping tankers and I know you're, you're bullish on, on that sector of the market. Could you explain what's going on here? And then maybe like uh, All right. you know, what investments that people should be looking for, what kinds of investments? Sure, sure. Well, I love global tankers, right? But, you know, ta- all right, here's why you like global tankers, because they stopped all the pipelines coming from Russia, right? And and so you and, – and also like a lot of uh, refineries have closed over the last – like uh, two years since COVID happened and oil went negative. A lot of them went out of business. A lot of them were closed because of political considerations. And so now you have a need to get where the, where the, where the heavy oil, crude oil is distilled in, you know, uh, you know, maybe in Louisiana and you have to get it to where it's needed, you know, in trucks in Europe. And so, 
instead of going from, you know, Russia to Europe and using no tankers, all of a sudden you add, uh, you know, five, 6,000 miles. And what that does is it increases the cost of moving oil around sure. naturally. And we're on a, we're on a, like a, oil tankers run on about a 15 to 20 year uh, cycle, right? Oil prices go up, tanker prices, you know, the rates they can charge go up. They build more tankers. It takes three to five years to build more tankers. And then there's too many. They scrap them. Yeah. And it, then they they don't build anymore because they don't have any money. Prices go down. And then it happens all over again. But the deal is when it does go up, when you hit a super cycle, then they go up, you know, they could go up 10,000% some sure. of these things. I mean, and right now we're at that point. Where because of COVID, they didn't build any for the last two years. They didn't order any for the last five, seven years. And, uh, you know, we're at that point where, you know, that super cycle is just beginning. And these are cheap. Nobody's talking about them. Some pay 10% dividends, you know. I own one that that pays a pretty good dividend. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I bought it on your recommendation. It's done pretty well, at least compared to the rest of the market. Um, Okay, last topic I want to kind of cover today Mm -hmm. is crypto. Uh, You recently wrote a pretty bullish article on crypto, and this you're definitely not like a you're you're not like a perma crypto guy. I think you kind of look at look at technicals, but you said it's time to get back into cryptocurrencies, which I found interesting just because you you have been a naysayer in the past. So uh, what's what's the thesis here? Why do you think that you know now is the time? Well, uh, if you look at the chart, it broke its downtrend. I don't know if we can put a chart up later, but uh, you'll see it broke its downtrend. They're they're all down, you know, 70, 85%. Yeah. Um, and, and in the background, quietly, uh, like organizations like BlackRock and, uh, you know, Credit Suisse and all these, all these organizations are adding crypto, like Google's allowing uh, Bitcoin for their, for their, uh, web services, their cloud services. Gotcha. And things and things of that nature. So this isn't like crypto bros anymore. These are these are the big guys. Real institutions. Yeah, that are, you know, getting in low, you know, and so in a year or six months or whatever, when they're fully invested, they'll start hyping it, you know. Any cryptos that you like in particular? Are you looking at any altcoins? Are you just more of like a stick with Bitcoin and Ethereum kind of thing? Well I I like to I like to uh, Bitcoin miner. It's called Clean Spark. I just recommended it, and uh, it it was at forty dollars a year ago. It's at three dollars, almost four dollars now. Yeah. Um, they make they produce like this is another thing. All these Bitcoin miners went out of business, right? Because they can't afford it because they're underwater. But these guys have done well, and they use uh, clean energy and cheap energy, and they're U.S. based, largest U.S. based. Bitcoin miner and Ethereum, and they produce twenty a day. And uh, yeah, and they're just super cheap. They trade below book value. They pay, trade like one point five times sales. You know, in a year ago they were trading at, you know, fifteen times sales sure. or something. So if if Bitcoin goes up to like forty thousand, Bitcoin doubles in price. These guys will likely go up about 350 percent. Okay. Um, all right. So you one last thing. You mentioned the importance of investors kind of overcoming fear. Uh, uh, at a time like this, uh, any tips on how someone can actually go about doing that? Overcoming fear? Yeah. Well, you know, my my best investments have always been where you have this little bit in the pit of your stomach. You're like, oh, I don't know. And then uh, because, you know, when so many people are against you, I just always go back to my track, you know, what made me money in the past. So if I've done, you know, as a peg ratio under one, 
you know, it's in a market that I know it has long term, you know, it has a long runway, it has a moat, you know, all these things. Yeah. You know, then, you know, you, you say the rest of the market's wrong. <laughs> but that takes something, yeah. you know. It's interesting. So do you like this market actually better than you've liked it over the past, let's, let's say, maybe like three years ago because you're looking at those kinds of values and like those value metrics and the fundamentals? Like, is it easier to find oh, buys, you would yeah. say, these days than it, than it has been in the past? Yesterday, I was uh, – I saw like all sorts of buys. And I haven't done that in like a, a year. Do you just it, run, like a, uh, run like a little filter or, or a um, I Yeah, I run some filters and I have – you know, watch list and things like that. And, uh, yeah. Um, but especially in these tanker stocks, you know, because they're so cheap. And, and a lot of them are up like 300%. And I go, oh, I can't chase this. But then I look at it and it's got like a P of five and, you know, and it's growing like a thousand percent or something crazy. They're, they're talking about like rates, the rates they charge per day to haul, you know, this diesel around going from 100,000 a day to 500,000 a day. And that's all to the bottom line, you know, that they, their costs are fixed. So their margins just explode. It's crazy. And you've recommended some of those companies in your newsletter or? Oh, yeah. I've recommended them in uh, mostly in uh, mostly in uh, Launchpad Trader, which is the trading service. Yeah. OK, cool. We'll put a link below. Uh, right. I, I've hit on all the topics that I had to cover. Is there anything else that you think was interesting that we should talk about or want to wrap it up? No, nah, that sounds good. I'm, I'm OK, good. Cool. Appreciate it. All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. Uh, please like, comment, and subscribe, we'll, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Thank you.